0: HWC Creepies. Hey, hey, hey.
1: We got KK and Low on the mics tonight. We sound so profesh. I love it.
0: Or oh, we sound really, really dumb.
1: <laughs> um, either, either way, stick with us. Yeah. Either way, we're
0: having fun. We
1: already hit a bottle of wine before we logged on, so... If you guys
0: can't tell, I mean, I don't know if it's obvious. <laughs> but we're bringing the wine energy to you guys today, okay? Which I don't know. I guess wine energy is probably usually more sleepy, but like it's doing the opposite effect for us right now. So
1: yeah, cause what's the name of it, Kay?
0: Horror wine and crime. <laughs> oh, the name of the wine, <laughs> right? <laughs> Nothing meant the name of us. <laughs> we are drinking some Jolly Juice from Country Heritage Winery from our Indiana house. <laughs> How do you know? And let me tell you, it's made us pretty freaking jolly, okay? (laughs) You said hose. What? Ho, ho, hose.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, hose in
0: a good way. We represent the hose, okay? Well, I shouldn't say that, actually.
1: Uh, Anywho. This is uh, escalating really quickly. Sorry, guys. So we are going to do the show, and then we're going to continue our wine, and we are going to check out People We Hate at the Wedding with our girl KB.
0: So excited. Lo told me about this. Um, I didn't even know like it was out. I didn't see a preview for it or anything, but it sounds so good. And the cast alone, I mean, uh, Kristen Bell, a- Allison Janney, oh, his name's Garrett something, but he's a little cutie pie. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be good. Yes, and of course we gotta support
1: KB because she's like our other bestie, who's married to our bestie Dax Shepard.
0: Shout out! <laughs> yeah, so very excited to check that out. We've been having a fun day of uh, of watching things, and we'll kind of get into that later too of what we what we watched earlier. But
1: yeah, we had some pizza. Uh, we had some spinach dip. A whole bottle of wine.
0: So we're feeling pretty a okay right now, right? And also, if you
1: get an SOS call from my son, he's having his first—I don't want to say sleepover because he's like a fifteen-year-old boy. So his first all-night hang. <laughs> there you go, sc- school night. So he, he and I haven't met the kid yet because we we're recording. Good luck to them. So
0: <laughs> for for us and our behavior. <laughs> he picked a good night to have his first uh, hangout night. <laughs> he's like, well, it will be entertainment here, so. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, Lowe's gonna, um, get us into the story today, um, and yeah, it's, it's sad, but not, not like the, it's not completely like, uh. There's a lot of t- triggers in here. Yeah. Um,
1: so we'll say that there's triggers of, you know, rape, assault, abuse, kidnap, um, But it's a little bit lighter than some of the stories we've done. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But before I get into it, I do want to give a shout out. Um, As many of you may know, Wednesday was the 30th, which here in Oxford, Michigan, that gave us the one-year anniversary since the shooting. And um, they did close the school for the day in the local bowling Alley, let all the school kids go bowling for free nice so it was fun that they got to hang out and try to think about something else and I just want to you know say that I it makes me so happy to see how all the community pulls together here. It is such a great community. They passed out at school little white bags with battery candles, and everybody put them out on their porch steps. Mm -hmm. Um, I was driving through the city, and everybody, like all the business owners, had all the bags out with all the candles lit. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, one year ago, Ethan Crumbly walked into Oxford High School um, carrying a gun, and After teachers caught him having some very disturbing drawings, he was called to the principal's office, and um, they all pushed him to go home, but the parents did not force him to, which a couple hours later, I'm not sure how much longer, but he decided to start shooting up to school. He took out four students and injured many more. It's been a hard year for these kids, and we did not cover the story just because it is an ongoing investigation still. However, even though we do know what happened, and obviously he did do it, um, it's still a very sensitive thing right now. Mm -hmm. The parents are still going to trial. I think they're supposed to go January 17th, Um, So we are kind of waiting for things to settle a little bit. We do not want to step on toes or make anything harder for people right now. So we have not put that story out or talked about that yet, but we want to give our prayers and happy vibes and just peaceful, um, Being so close to the holidays when this happened, I can't imagine this is going to be the second Christmas without their loved ones. And it's so close to the holidays, and it's still so raw with these families that I just, uh, I wanted just to give a a peaceful vibe and a peaceful and, um, what do you call it? Like an acknowledgement. A mental hug to all the people that need it. Luckily my kids were not there yet when this happened. They joined the school this year, but they are seeing it, they're noticing it, and they're just trying to be a strong rock and be a strong supporter to their friends that are going through it. So I just wanted to give a little you know, let the people know that we care and we are we're with you. Even though we weren't here yet, we are here now. Yeah.
0: And I love that, like you said, the community came together and, like, is, you know, trying to, like, just stand strong through all of this because, like, that's just one of the worst things that can happen.
1: Absolutely. On that note, let's talk about some more terrible things, but not as terrible. So today's story is going to be about Abby Hernandez. Abby Hernandez was just shy of 15. She was a freshman at Kennett High School, and that was in North Connery, New Hampshire. Abby was a strong student. She was a talented athlete. On October 9, 2013, she vanished into thin air and would be held captive in a storage container for nine months before she could escape. The search for Abby was one of the largest in New Hampshire history. Her face appeared on missing persons posters. It was plastered on every block. A speculation had ran wild with rumors, and it flooded the once peaceful town. Um, now, how did Abby suddenly vanish? Well, I'm about to get into that. Abby was born on October 12, 1998 in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, Her biological name is Abigail Hernandez, but she went by Abby for short. She had a perfectly uneventful childhood, and that was until October 2013. Adults who knew her, they remarked on her athletic prowess as a teenager. Her fellow classmates at Kennett High School described her as kind. She was positive, joyful. She had a lot of love around her. She had love for music. She especially loved the guitar. And she was just a joy to be around. It sounds so cliche, but she did. Nobody ever had anything bad to say about her. Just after what should have been the greatest year you know, you're starting high school, you're a freshman. You can finally, you know, do the sports you want to do, play football, go to the football games, homecoming, all the after-school stuff. Well, that was going to be anything but for Abby. She was living with her mother, Zenya, and her sister, Sarah. And in October, on October 9th, she had walked home from school. No big deal. Now, she had walked this all the time. It was her normal for her. She was wearing a striped sweatshirt, and she had on black pants and boots. Now, one of the big things about Abby was that she was responsible. Her mom and Sarah could always count on her to follow through. She would always be on time after school. She would always call, check in. If something came up, she would immediately tell them. They had no worries when it came to Abby. So when she failed to do so by 7 p.m. on October 9th, it was a big deal. Her mother knew immediately something is wrong. Her mother calls it instinct, and the hairs on the back of your neck are probably standing up. If not, you moms well know what I'm saying. Like, when something out of the normal with your child isn't normal, you immediately know something's wrong. Like
0: Yeah, especially if it was, like, in her routine, Like, to constantly check up with them and, like, stay in contact. And, like, if there wasn't a riff or anything, like, nobody was mad at anybody that day or, like, something, you know, nothing weird happened. Then it's like, okay, there's clearly something wrong here.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's your gut instinct, you know. Yeah. So her mother filed a missing persons report pretty dang fast. Um, With no domestic problems at home, no reason to run away, her family and the police, they both feared, like, the worst. Uh, They reached out to her friends with no look. The police had no reason to fear her as a runaway. She wasn't a partier. She didn't do drugs. She had no history of family troubles. She was a good kid. A police task and search squad, they took effect pretty quick. Multiple counties joined in to help. At some point, they went through her records and they pinged her last whereabouts at Cranmore Mountain Resort and that's in North Con- North Conway, New Hampshire. They researched the area, but nothing. Now it's November 13, 2013, and a letter arrived for her mom. It gave a little bit of hope, but the police couldn't prove that it was her. It did say that they it had her tone, like the way it was written, but people can suck. They can be so mean. They can be... It could have been somebody just doing it for, you know, shits and giggles, and it's not a giggly moment, you know. Right. So they couldn't count on it 100%. After that, it was nine months they heard nothing. It just stopped everything.
0: That had to be so hard for her mom, too, to get, like, that little crumb mm-hmm. of, like, is this her, I don't think this is her, is this, like, some type of clue? Like, is this her, like, reaching out for help in a, like, way or whatever? And then to literally have nothing for, like, months and months after that. Yeah. So in May of
1: 2014, a $10,000 reward was posted for any information on her whereabouts. Then in April, the FBI said they were going to match it. Then Abby's dad doubled that. Okay, we're up to $60,000, people, for a reward of anything that could lead to her rescue at this point they are still pleading just don't give up keep your eyes open look for any kind of clues just you know keep a watch so then abby's mom hears a small faint she says she screamed abby and then ran to the door and holy shit abby was home so what happened Well, let's go back to that October 9th. Abby was walking home from school with the most uncomfortable boots on. It was a decent-looking guy pulled over, asked her if she was okay, and if she would like a ride. She says he looked kind of decent enough, you know, so she hopped in. And it's also a small town where everybody knows everybody some way, somehow. So she didn't really have a huge fear. So he tells her, hey, I have to make a quick stop to Home Depot. She said, oh, you know what, you can just kind of let me out here. And she started to unbuckle. That's where she started to feel like, you know, maybe something's not right. But the man snapped. He pulled out a gun, and he hit her with it. And he, you know, says, if you scream, I will kill you. And she knew at this point, to survive, she'd have to comply. 30 miles later in Gorham, New Hampshire, they came to a stop. Now, moving her into a dark home, at this point this is his house, seeing only a don't tread on me flag, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's the big yellow ones with the green snake on it, for all the the hunters and the gun owners, you know, want to keep their rights to their the guns. Their guns. Uh, he taped her eyes shut, and put a t-shirt over her face. Then he put a motorcycle helmet on her face, and then he raped her. This was the first of many assaults she would have to endure with Kibby. He then blindfolded her, walked her out to this big red storage container in his backyard. Um, It looked almost like a train car, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, To get out of this terrible situation alive, she would have to gain his trust. She'll have to make sure he trusts her. Befriend him, if you will. And this has to be such a sickening feeling for her because he had just raped her. He kidnapped her. She's scared. And you got to make this guy your best friend.
0: Yeah, that takes so much strength to do that. Like to be so completely petrified and horrified for your life and also just like probably filled with hatred towards this man for like doing this to you. But then you have to like make him feel good about himself and like make him feel like he can trust you and like open up to you like that that takes strength honestly
1: yeah and if you haven't got it already this gives me a lot of Lisa mcveigh vibes Mm -hmm. um which is a story we've done if you want to go back um there was a movie called believe me and she kind of went through the same scenario yeah so um Abby quotes, I remember thinking to myself, okay, I got to work with this guy. I don't judge you for this. If you let me go, I won't tell anybody about this. I told him, look, you don't seem like a bad person. Like everybody makes mistakes. If you let me go, I won't tell anybody about this. At first, her efforts to soften Kibby initially proved unsuccessful. In her quiet moments, she recalled omitting amen from her prayers because she didn't want Guy to leave her. She just really wanted to live, she quotes. Kibby eventually allowed Abby Hernandez into his trailer to help him print counterfeit money. The tide wasn't turning. However, as soon as he demanded, she called him master and presented her with a new torture tool. He said, you know, I'm thinking of finding something a little more humane for you to keep you quiet. I'm thinking of a shock collar. She remembers him putting it on her and told her, okay, try and scream. And she did. I just slowly started to raise my voice and then it shocked me. And he says, okay, now you know what that feels like. But over Abby Hernandez's 9 months with Nathaniel Kibby, he did begin to bond with her and eventually he gave Abby some reading material in form of a cookbook. At that point, Abby still didn't know her abductor's name, but there was one written inside the cover in big letters that said Kibby. She asked, "Who's Nate Kibby?" and he just kind of breathed and said, "How do you know my name?" Well, smart guy, it's in the book he gave her, science guy. <laughs> so, in July of 2014, Nate Kibby received an alarming call from Lauren Monday. She was a sex worker, a woman he had met on the internet, and Monday told him that she was arrested for passing fake $50 bills and that she informed the police that Kibby had printed them. Weirdly, she felt bad, so she called and gave him a heads up. Why would she feel bad? I don't know. That's weird. Because I believe he assaulted her, too, It said, but I wasn't 100% on this, so. Yeah. Uh, Kibby was spooked, so he soon started liquidating everything in his house, including Abby. That night, he put a hat on her, and he told her to get in the car. They were leaving, and he was in a panic that the police were going to show up and raid the joint. She promised she would never say his name or info in fear of the police coming for the money. He let her go. She pulled over. I'm sorry. He pulled over on the dark road. He told her to get out. But he let her go. But before he let her go, he yelled at her, hey, give me my hat back. So she took off the hat. (laughs) I'm guessing it was because it would have had DNA on it. Oh,
0: like so he believed at this point. That she wasn't going to, like, say who he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dumbass. Um, So, (laughs)
1: um, so after he drove away, he dropped her off, like, near steps from right where he abducted her at, and she walked a mile, maybe give or take, back to her mom's home. She quotes, I remember looking up and laughing, just being so happy, like, oh my god, this has actually happened. I'm a free person and never thought it would happen to me but I am free. Her captor Nathan Kibbe had mainly spent his days as a petty criminal who printed counterfeit money in his trailer. Kibbe is well known as an American accused criminal but he is better known for his birth name Nathaniel E. Kibbe. He was born on July 15th 1980. He took birth in Gornham, New Hampshire, and he stands about 6'1", 150 pounds. He completed his high school study at Kennett High School as well. He completed his bachelor's degree from one of New Hampshire's universities. However, he'd been working at an EMM precision for five years. He was fired from there because of slow work. Despite of being a worker, he had a criminal record back in 1998 And he was found guilty of assault. Um, Now this is the funny thing. Abby, she kept her word. Um, Abby told the police that the identity of her kidnapper was a mystery. She had no idea who he was. Um, According to court papers published in November of 2014, she'd only provided police with a sketch of her abductor, but withheld his name from everyone but her mother. But her mother was like, oh, hell no. I didn't promise that shit. So she marched her ass down to the police station because mm-hmm. she didn't promise nothing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Mama Bear, we're, we're going to do what we need to do. Okay? Yeah. Uh, it took place about a week later, but they did find him and his property that was raided, and he was arrested on one count of kidnapping. Initially charged with kidnapping, he was held on a $1 million bond. Kibbe spent two years in prison before pleading guilty to six other felonies, including second-degree assault and sexual assault. He would later be indicted on 205 charges that included kidnapping, sexual assault, robbery, criminal threatening, illegal use of a gun, illegal use of electronic restraint device. Damn. And that all came out in court. Um, Her capture, Abby believed was... In her... I'm sorry. In her capture, Abby believed that she was living on the side of a mountain. She was tied to a bed. She had to drink water out of a fish aquarium and was forced to wear an adult diaper as her way of going to the bathroom. Ugh. That's horrible. For seven days, they practiced a police interrogation and fake sketches. He asked her not to read aloud. He, what he did, to, what she did to Abby, but he was ashamed and he didn't want people to know. Later, he was sentenced forty-five to ninety years in prison. Now, maybe you can clear that up for me, because that kind of confuses me, and I tried to look at that, it, like, that's such a big wide. Like, why do they say 45 to 90 years? So, is that, like, if he survives 45, he's got to do another 45
0: years? Like, I think they base it off, like, his behavior while he's in prison, you know, if they have any, like, So, minimum, he's got 45 years. Yeah, so, like, he at least has to do 45, okay. and then... You know, once they probably reach 45 years, they can then determine, okay, is he going to stay in for X amount of years longer? Um, but It's and then, just a weird gap for me. Right.
1: Like, I get when people say 10 to 15 yeah. or 20
0: to 25, but, like... <laughs> and then, like, 90 years, like, the dude's going to be dead, so at that point you might as well just say, like, 45 to life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the difference? But okay. whatever. Okay. So she addresses Kibby saying... I fall asleep
1: thinking about you. Some people might call you a monster, but I have always looked at you as just a human. And I just want you to know that even though life became a lot harder for me on a day-to-day basis, I just want you to know that I still forgive you and I really wish things didn't have to work in the way they do, but I need to be safe and so does my family. Every time I go outside, I really tried to pre- appreciate the sunlight and the fresh air. It went through my lungs differently. I really try to never take that for granted. I mean, that's, like, strong. She thanks him, and she says, I thank you for giving me my freedom back. Yeah. Like, there's more to the letter um, that she said before. that. I just, you know, she talks about, like, you know, I never said your name. I never, I kept my word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just want you to know that you did this, you know. I didn't have a choice to go to your house. I didn't pick the choice to be raped. I didn't pick the choice to be, you know, assaulted and kidnapped. You did that. Yeah. You know, you chose to do this life, which is making you have to go to prison. Like, and she and it's just, but it's crazy. Like just you know, being able to look at him and just still be like, I, "I forgive you." You know, you're just a person. You you made a you made a mistake, and that's okay. You know, it's just like I mean, not okay, but right. It's it's very strong for her to look at him and have, especially it, like, a being was.
0: a teenage like a she's a teenage girl. Like she seems very wise and um, just courageous and strong. Like especially being at that age, you know, even someone way older wouldn't handle it in that way you know and they would have a right not to handle it in that way oh, but so it's sure. just like
1: and i'm sure there's a lot of therapy that she went through to get herself back but, oh absolutely um now it was never proven if he was targeting her or not but they did say that he had the taser a gun and zip ties in his car so he was definitely looking for something. If I were going to write a textbook about how victims should deal with her abductions, the first chapter would be about Abby. The FBI former profile Brad Garrett quoted, it's always about bonding to the bad guy, and that's what she did. Um, there is a dramatized Lifetime movie called A Girl in the Shed. Uh, funny enough, my mom and daughter is the one that brought the story, um, To me, my daughter has been getting me to try to watch this movie for a while, and then finally we did, and I was like, wow. Um, The Kidnapping of Abby Hernandez, and it stars Ben Savage as Kibby and Lindsay Navarro as Abby, which looks a lot like the girl.
0: Yeah, they do look very Um, similar. I will
1: say watching The Girl in the Shed, um, I text Kay and told her like you know homework and I had her watch the movie and we were both thinking like it was so weird we were I think we were on the same page when we were saying like for the kidnapper to be Ben Savage like it was just kind of like a big change to see him in that role because he was always boy meets world and girl meets world and it's just been kind of like he was always the the good kid in boy meets world, and then the loving teacher and girl meets world, and now you're seeing him as this. And to me, even in the movie, he's supposed to be the savage kidnapper. Um, in the movie, they don't show her getting raped, they kind of left that out, and they don't show her getting assaulted that much. They do show the shot collar, and you know, but there's a lot that was left out. And they made it seem more like he was just lonely and wanted a companion. And you look at him and you're kind of like, man, he looks like just such a nice, sweet dude that you feel bad for. But then you look at the real life person and you're like, man, that just, he looks dark, you know, like, and even if it was Ben Savage that did it, um, not in real life, (laughs) um, just don't get confused on how sweet they look because even people that look sweet and such a nice guy do terrible things. Right, you know? yeah.
0: I think, yeah, like, the vibe of the movie was a lot lighter than I feel like the actual story is. like. And, like, no hate to Ben Savage, you know. I feel like with what he was given, like, the script-wise and stuff, you know, he did a good job with, like, the storyline that he was given. But I don't know that they made the best, decision in casting too because I just feel like everybody like you said looks at him as like this happy-go-lucky guy and like everybody that's automatically what you think of when you think of Ben, ben Savage so then, got the baby face still he's yeah. the young
1: looking innocent like
0: like and even his character like wasn't I mean he was doing bad things obviously but like the qualities and characteristics that his character have like they weren't that evil when clearly this other guy was like he was bad. He was evil in real life, you know. So it's just, I feel like it didn't match up, really.
1: Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, Lindsay, she did a really good job in her role. And it's got to be hard. Um, There is a YouTube, if you YouTube the story or the cast or whatever, there is a YouTube video and it's like a Zoom. And it's got the girl that played Abby's mom. And it's got Lindsay and it's got Ben. And it's got the real life Abby there and people are calling in and asking questions and um, they talk about it. And for even she's like, you know, that was such a high pressured movie for her because the real life victim was helping produce it and was there. So it was good that she was there because she could say, you know, can you talk to me about this, like what you really went through like so she could get the vibe and get into that mental state of what she really went through but at the same time she's like i don't want to screw this up because the real life victim is watching me do this and i want to get it right right you know yeah so there's probably some pressure there oh
0: for sure oh my gosh
1: um i did watch there's interviews with abby on youtube i watched from 2020 news um allinteresting.com and then www.wmur.com, YouTube. So those are all my go-to sources for this story. But I am glad she got to come home. Um, I don't imagine it was an easy, hard, or an easy nine months for her friends and family, and it was definitely not easy for Abby. So hopefully, all their family and everybody has found some peaceful vibes and have moved forward from it and are just living their best life right now
0: yeah definitely happy ending to a unfortunate situation for sure so
1: um following that we have
0: our horror movie segment dun dun done. Still working on that. Yeah. We'll get there one day. We'll have something. We'll have a, th- a proper theme uh, song <laughs> for this segment. <laughs> if anybody wants to send us some music, if you have, like, if you're, like, in the music making game. Yes, write us
1: a theme and we will use it as our horror movie segment theme song.
0: Literally, send it to us and even if we don't choose it, like, if we get multiple people sending us stuff, We'll still play it on the show. Oh, absolutely. So I took K down the road of
1: California with a K. And this was starring Brad Pitt and Juliette Lewis, which I think both did a phenomenal job in this movie. So good. Um, We are not going to go on our normal rant of what the movie is about and all the stuff because we feel like, People are getting a little too bored if we go on too long. So I'm just going to say, you know, some fun facts, and then I want to talk to Kay and find out what she thought about the movie, and we're just going to mash opinions. Um, So this movie was California with a K, and it was filmed in Georgia, in a rural island in California in 1993. It premiered at the Montreal World Film Festival on August 27th, where it was awarded for two competition prizes. Um, During the movie, Early, which is played by Brad Pitt, um, he has a chipped tooth, so Brad Pitt actually went to the dentist to have his tooth professionally chipped for the role.
0: Now, if you have anything bad to say about Brad Pitt, you cannot say that he's not a dedicated (laughs) freaking actor. He chipped his own freaking tooth. Professionally, by a dentist, so he did it responsibly. <laughs> um, the locations
1: where the serial killer events take place um, had a fun little relation to the actors. So, Lewiston Ranch, Juliet Lewis, mm. Forbes Tennessee, Michelle Forbes, um, Davidson Mine, du Cove, which was David. I don't know how to say his last name, DeConfi. Du- Duchovny? Duchovny. Duchovny. Um, Bradbury Textile Warehouse in Pittsburgh, Brad Pitt. So that cool. was kind of a fun little thing. And then um, in the movie, when Carrie and Brian first see Early and uh, Adele, which is Julie Lewis, he, Carrie is heard complaining to Brian, they look like a couple of Okies. <laughs> now, Brad Pitt was born in oklahoma which okies is someone from oklahoma meaning poor um i don't know why i typed out that way but it did it says on my notes that i copied and pasted Brad Pitt was born in
0: kiana <laughs> what a great place to be born but i
1: think i deleted some other stuff and it kind of like <laughs> meshed it together. together i just read it and i couldn't help but giggle i it was supposed to be my next little fun fact was that Keanu Reeves was up for the role of Ryan Kessler. Gotcha, in okay.
0: So. <laughs> I was like, where does Keanu Reeves get in this?
1: <laughs> yep, he, uh, he was one of the ones that were up for it. but And then Sean Penn was considered for it early. But I think Brad Pitt was like the spot on choice. Because he's got that little twisted humor that he does so well with these He
0: plays rough characters really well, too. He does.
1: Yeah. I mean, he killed it. So that was uh, the fun little facts. I didn't want to deep down into it. Uh, The premise of the movie is uh, Early and Adele are, well, there's no really other way to put it besides, like, white trash. Just Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, she's a former call girl, and he's just he's just early he's just early they live in a trailer he's con man you know whatever you can get for a buck um he sees that this ad is out saying from these other couple which is photography and one of them is trying to do a silver killer book and they want to go on the road but they're a little house broke not trash just their schooling is expensive so they put an ad out saying, hey, someone come and split the money and we'll go on a drive and split food costs and hotel costs and just, you know, take turns driving. So Early answers the ad and surprised when they show up. Um, not what they bargained for. But after that, it's just a all hell break loose shit show, just murder, serial killer violence road trip. Um, but it's got a few little, like, (laughs) dark humor in it, if you will. Yeah. I saw this movie when I was younger. Um, one of my, uh, old friends that I, you know, still talk to once in a while. What up, Rachel Tubbs, if you listen. Um, she showed it to me, and then I really enjoyed it, so... You know, I've watched it a few times in my life since then. And I brought it up to Crystal, and she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take you on a ride. (laughs) And so she came over, we had wine, we watched it. And
0: so what did you think of California? It was so good. It was truly an experience. Like I said, Brad Pitt killed it. Favorite character, though, Julia Lewis. I just love, I can never, like, every time I see the name Early or, like, hear it, I just, oh, Early, she plays dumb. Southern, like. Very well.
1: And her character, she was, I don't want to say she was trashy, because she just only lived to what she could afford. She right. didn't have money. And she played, like, a, I don't want to say she was mentally slow, but she was definitely ignorant. Very ditzy. And very, like, she didn't finish school clearly you mm-hmm. know just very but she pl- like a a sweet ignorant like just very
0: naive
1: yeah very you know and she didn't want to hurt people no you know? she didn't know she a like lot of tried
0: it. to like pretend even though i feel like she did know that early was like murdering people she really fully tried to convince herself that he wasn't you know what I mean like she'd like cover her her ears and be like no he didn't do that he didn't do that you know and then in the end you know he kills her and spoiler yeah sorry (laughs) if you didn't watch it but but yeah it was really cool
1: um I just I love the end scene though like she confronts him, and she's like, you're mean early, yes. and he's like, no, I'm not, as he's got, like, a couple, uh, he killed a guy upstairs, he has their friends tied up to a piano, she's seen him shoot somebody else earlier in the movie, and he's got blood on his face, and he's standing there all, and he's like, no, I'm
0: not. Like, like he's, he's, like, offended and truly like, what are you talking about, I'm not mean. So that was, like, such a great scene in the movie yeah there were so many like it was like about you know one storyline but there were also a lot of little like side stories kind of going on like he was he was into the other girl that was with them to you know there was something going on there she was obviously not into him at all she was like purely disgusted by him but i don't know and then him and the um author guy were like making a friendship which was kind of interesting to see because they're just completely different people but in the end obviously earlier i think he just
1: wanted to believe
0: that early was better than what he was Mm-hmm. And yeah and he definitely was not <laughs> but yeah um 10 out of 10 movie and it kind of goes along with the movie freeway yes i would get i would see like similar vibes like with Reese
1: Witherspoon, like in that one though she wasn't a killer that was really self-defense. Right. And she didn't, the guy didn't even die. Yeah. Um, but when I say the context of the movie was where it was dark, but so much funny shit was happening along the way where a normal person might not get the humor, but because we're screwed up, we're like, this is funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, and it makes it, like, ten times better when it's like that. Like, I love movies like that. So, yeah, A-plus job to them because it's amazing.
1: (laughs) And then, last but not least, because, well, my wine glass is empty. i got to catch up! Um, Before we open another bottle and continue on our evening, before we started recording while we drank our first bottle of wine, me and Kay dived into the world of Killer Sally. And, again... Um, not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, like, this total violent bitch. Like, just cold-blooded whatever. And so many people might, might not believe, believe, sorry, agree. <laughs> You're getting there. <laughs> yeah, the wine. Um, might not agree with me. But in my opinion, after watching it, which is a good documentary, I for sure recommend oh, yeah. watching for sure okay so five glasses of wine out of five
0: yeah oh my gosh yes i okay. forgot we were doing that five out of five <laughs> five out of five for california too
1: five wine caps out of five
0: yeah <laughs> um
1: i say watch it but i would put her in with um what the hell did we do last week
0: Oh, um, bur- uh, Burning Bed. Hughes. Francine, yes, Hughes. Francine Hughes.
1: Sorry, guys. I would put her not exactly the same because Francine really got in. Francine was not a violent person. It was all, you know, or even maybe a little bit of Lorana Bobbitt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's speculation on if she was really abused or not because she was a bodybuilder. And I part that really hurts me is that nobody believed her because she looked strong because she had the muscles because she but she might have been a bodybuilder but this guy was still double the size of her she was Mm 5'1 and had muscle but he was like what six foot something and he was huge doubled her probably in weight yeah and um so there's a lot of speculation on if she was an abused wife or not the kids testified like, hell yeah, she was, you know. They did say, you know, she had some violent tendencies, you know. She beat the shit out of some school mom kids. And, and Sorry, but if an adult came and slapped my kid, the fuck I ain't going over there, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I didn't agree with a lot of it. And she was definitely way more different than... She seemed like she was not as ugly and violent as the prosecutors made her seem Mm -hmm. however i do feel like there was probably some tendencies there i'm sure there was um he cheated on her he abused her he choked her i don't know i probably if i was on the juror i would have said not guilty but that's just
0: my opinion right yeah i think think that she i think she got way longer if she was gonna get anything she got way longer than she should have and yeah I agree I hate that it's like they were like oh well she's a strong muscular woman whatever you know she has she put out videos of like her wrestling men and and stuff like that and it was just like a
1: soft porn thing though honestly yeah (laughs) and
0: like the the prosecution used it as like you know showing that she was a strong woman so she wasn't battered and it's like what does that have to do with it like if she wasn't fighting back and he was abusing her like who cares what size she is like you know what I mean like wrong is wrong and yeah I mean I I could agree like you know they both were using steroids so obviously that like messes with people's emotions and gets them like raging uh quite a bit more but I just feel like the kids said what she said I believe that what she said happened, happened, you know, regardless of if she did have aggressive tendencies and tried to fight back with him too. Like, I think that her story was accurate and she was, like, truly in the moment thinking that he was going to kill her and, like, she just wanted to defend herself.
1: I will agree and say... I don't know if agree is the word, but I will say the one thing that screwed her over, the one thing that was her biggest... Error and judgment was she shouldn't have shot him twice, right? She should have just shot him the one time. Mm-hmm. He was hurt. Call nine one one, and then the time he was in the hospital, and um, she could have packed up and left. I know she said there was money issues, but they could have gone somewhere. Yeah, um, and got away from him if if he truly was going to leave her. Then he would have left her. they would that would have been his opening to divorce her. The, they said the first shot killed him anyway, so he would have died anyway. okay um, but I feel like that's where her her error in judgment was she shot him twice. she should right. have shot him the one time
0: and also i I agree with her her lawyer. he said. He strongly recommended that she didn't go up for questioning, but she really wanted to. And I understand why she wanted to. Like, you know, she probably in her mind thought, if I just explain what happened from my point of view, then they'll know where I was coming from. And I totally get that. But I feel like when you're literally on trial for murder and they like cross examine you, they can twist any little thing that you say and then run with it.
1: And not to mention, when you're
0: being accused of
1: something whether you're on trial or not if someone comes at you and you're trying to defend yourself you tend to talk too much mm-hmm. you tend to say so much because you're trying to get your point across that you're talking fast you're saying all this information it's not coming out right now these lawyers are professionals so they can twist it and turn it and you're like no 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 no, that's not what i meant but that's what you said right you know and now you got all these people are like watching you and you can't go back you mm-hmm. know like, so, I feel like, yeah, sometimes saying too much is or even talking a little bit on the stand could be too much,
0: yeah right? so for sure no i I agree, yeah it was uh it was definitely a good watch, and you know, I feel like it posed good points on like both sides a little bit, but I definitely don't think that she deserved the outcome that she got, but a good watch. Agreed. Five out of five wines, go watch it, and let us know what you guys think on it, too.
1: And please let us know if there's a DACO that you think we should watch. We have a couple of them in mind, a um, couple of movies in mind. So stick with us, and we will put some more, you know, five-star stuff out here for you. Yes, yes. Let us know. Again, thank you for listening. Feel free to write in, give suggestions, comments... Whatever it is, and come back next week for another amazing show by KK as she takes us down her story lane.
0: Yes. Don't forget to rate and review us, too. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, and hit the follow button if you aren't. If you ain't following Horror, Wine, and Crime, where you at? Where you at? <laughs> oh, my
1: gosh. All right. Well. My wine glass is empty, so I need to go refill it.
0: Mine needs to be chugged, and then I'll be refilling it.
1: (laughs) So on that note, we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Bye. (laughs) Bye.